Hi, and welcome to Serenity Now, a place for entrepreneurs to ask questions, learn, get connected, and be inspired. Join us as we talk about all things business and the search for the ever elusive Serenity Now in both business and personal life. In today's episode, Serenity Sisters Rita Kim and Candice Nake chats with Tess of Procurement Assistance Canada, previously known as the Office of Small and Medium Enterprises, a Canadian government department that supports SMEs with government procurement best practices. Both um, are great entrepreneurs and have their own kind of journey and path that they've gone through with the federal government uh, for contracts as well as some other grants and and various um, programs that government has for support. Sydney shares how she tried to submit her first bid and what it felt like. I remember sending an email because I was having a small heart attack that uh, one night I couldn't get my facts to go through. And I think one of her partners or team members emailed me back on a Sunday night and said, okay, do it this way. And I was, wow. I was like, holy smokes. And I managed to get the bid in. Aside from Canada's buy and sell platform, how did Lee position Vertro to serve other departments such as defense? Agencies that we were watching was um, the ideas uh, grant. And that came up with one that was focused on language. And we went, hmm, maybe defense isn't an area where we'd actually considered doing a lot of work, but communication inside of defense Better communication skills might help de-escalate situations. Often, one opportunity leads to another. Sydney shares how she found other procurement opportunities. Realized that there was a portal for buy and sell. And so I started looking around in there and lo and behold, there was something that looked like exactly what I needed um, or what I could offer the world. Submitting a bid doesn't mean you get the project. Each one of them didn't actually get some of the bids, yet they learned from this and then they continued. Ever considered the government to be your client? Listen in as we uncover the highs and lows of government procurement from the perspective of two women entrepreneurs who have succeeded. Hello and welcome to another episode of Serenity Now. Today we have Tess Menges from Osme again back with us. We're very excited to have you come in tonight, Tess. And uh, Tess, I'll just let you start really quickly and share a little bit about what is Osme? What does this acronym stand for? And what do you do? Thanks, Rita. Um, Osme stands for the Office of Small and Medium Enterprises. So we are part of Public Services Procurement Canada, which is the purchasing department for the federal government and we are a resource for small businesses who want to understand how government buys everything they buy and how they can become a supplier to the government of Canada. So we're kind of the public facing branch of the procurement department. Fantastic, thank you. And we're kind of excited about today's episode because we've got some success stories. So. A lot of people have asked us for resources and support on how to, you know, get on this list. How do you actually sell to the government? And or I've tried it, but it just didn't work. It was a complete fail. But we've got two superstars with us tonight that Tess has selected to bring in 
who actually did it and they did it the right way. So we're very excited to have them join us. Tess, why don't you share who we have with us today? Sure. So today we have Lee and Sydney and both um, are great entrepreneurs and have their own kind of journey and path that they've gone through with the federal government uh, for contracts as well as some other grants and, and various um, programs that government has for support. But I was um, always impressed by both of them because uh, they they all asked a lot of questions, they followed through on the process, and they they used us as, as a resource, which we are available for anyone to use. Um, and yeah, just their their ability to navigate our process has has been very impressive for me. Fantastic. Well, I'm I'm excited to learn a little bit more about who we have on today. So I'm just gonna start with Lee. Lee, why don't you share a little bit about who you are and your story and what you've done? Uh, you know, with your exciting. Um, I'm just going to say genius brain at this point, because that's all I can think of <laughs> to describe you. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. My name is Lee Brighton. I work with Virtro. Virtro is a company that focuses on creating artificial intelligence characters. We call them virtual humans that are empowered to actually have a conversation with you. So, for instance, if you were trying to practice English, this would be a, a partner, if you like, a virtual human that would speak back and forth in conversation with you. And we use them for lots of simulations, but that's what occupy most of my days. Fantastic. Welcome, Lee. We're excited to learn more about virtual humans as opposed to the regular humans that we've made these days. So, Sydney. Welcome. Uh, we're excited to have you join us. We've got a serial entrepreneur who's passionate, keeps trying to retire, but it's not it's not working for you. Sydney, tell us more. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really fun to talk about my journey. I have a, um, a company here in Montreal, and I have my uh, Sydney Mar, which is for consulting. I have Sydney Mar Wellness, which is vitamins, and I have Face Mask Love, which was a response to wanting to make fashionable face masks for um, the pandemic. And that was that is really what started my journey on trying to figure out how to be able to make more face masks and ended up in, you know, the procurement process and learning all about that. Welcome. Thank you so much for that. I'm very excited uh, to learn a little bit more. So let's let's kind of jump in. So some of the, the questions that people ask us is, you know, why? Why would you put yourself through this? We understand you get something out of this, but oh my gosh. <laughs> tell me, tell me some of the impact perhaps that this has had on you after you've gone through this whole process. Um, Sydney, let's start with you. Well, my journey was a little bit different um, because I have a fashion design background. And as I said, I started making face masks. I thought I'll make a consumer facing website. I'm going to make face masks that fit well, that are more fashionable. And uh, that's how I started putting things together. And then it so happened that someone told me that Cote de Neige, which is a borough beside um, Montreal, uh, was looking for face masks. And uh, so I ended up 
um, contacting the procurement officer and winning that. It was um, for, I think, 10 or 20,000 face masks. And then because I ended up with a PBN, which is my procurement business number, I realized that there was a portal for buy and sell. And so I started looking around in there and lo and behold, there was something that looked like exactly what I needed um, or what I could offer the world. Brilliant. And Lee, perhaps you can share a little bit on your side on, on the why, why you would put yourself through this and, and maybe, you know, we want to hear the fun stuff at the end, the impact it's had. So did I mention I'm really 22, but I've done an ideas grant? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I think you get the picture. Um, yeah, we we noticed, uh, in fact, we've been contacting uh, the various government agencies to say, hey, we're building this, uh, this virtual human system that would help people to practice their English language speaking skills or French or other languages. But predominantly English, and um, maybe it could help. We were hoping to help in the immigration settlement area because we have so many newcomers and we think it could really empower their lives and help them you know, integrate better into our communities if they could get spoken English a lot faster. I know we give them a lot of help with written, but it's hard to talk with your next door neighbour with a notepad and pen. So we were hoping to focus on that. And one of the uh, agencies that we were watching was... Um, the ideas uh, grant and that came up with one that was focused on language and we went hmm maybe defense isn't an area where we'd actually consider doing a lot of work but communication inside of defense better communication skills might help de-escalate situations better de better communication skills could you know stop issues occurring because there is friction and tension caused because lack of communication so we decided we wanted to enter it. It was uh, a robust tender process. That's an understatement. It was many, many pages of uh, content that we had to actually generate. Um, and uh, I guess we were fortunate to have the support. Tess came in. It was actually Tess herself came into our office and um, she walked us through the process, what we had to do. And the key message that we got from her help and we're very, very grateful for her help was that we had to understand really what was in the question, what they were actually asking, not what we wanted to tell them. What we wanted to tell them was interesting, but they didn't care. They were marking us exactly on what was on that question. So everyone started to, like we all sat down and went, what do we think that question actually means? What are they really asking us? And trying to unpack and learn and understand how what we had over here was probably useful, but it was only useful if we could translate how we spoke into what they wanted so that we could pass the procurement process. And for us, that was a, a, a massive learning curve. But is it good for our business? Yes, it's been fantastic. We've successfully passed the uh, what they call um, stage 1A, and we've been invited into stage 1B, and we see this being an opportunity where ongoing we'll be working with, uh, well, we hope to work with the Canadian uh, National uh, Defence Department. Uh, I know DND has a really, uh, Department of National Defence, there you are. Thank you. So Lee, I'm sitting here listening to you tell us about your, your, your experience with the procurement process. And I have to tell you that I'm, I'm thinking of 
you having a conversation with your virtual human about how to do the procurement process. And this seems like a very iterative, iterative process. I realize that's not what, what happened, but I, this is what, what my imagination filtered through my, through my head. So, so maybe, maybe at some point in the future, once you're finished with languages, you could move on to explaining, using your virtual humans to explain the procurement process. I'd highly recommend getting a real human, just like Tessa, if you need to human process. That would be my first recommendation. And the second is, our virtual humans do really well inside of training simulations. We're there trying to create, for instance, we have another one that's inside of health. And uh, any of you who have had anything to do with health, and that's us all, understand that communication skills across all areas of healthcare are really important. Um, one of the key skills that's, you know, whether it's going in and having a pre and a post conversation with a patient, or whether it's, you know, you have an angry patient, you're trying to de-escalate it. So often when we train our healthcare workers and we send them out into places, the only practice that they've had with those communication skills is, is in an artificial role play with a friend. So we're creating, we're using virtual humans. For instance, I was listening to one on, on Friday and, and my heart, I was like, I could help you, I could help you. Because one of our young um, programmers, we put him head to head with a, an angry family member in a situation where her parent wasn't, was in a long-term care facility and the virtual human was playing an angry daughter who was trying to get assistance for her father. And she was mad. So it's it's not only just the practice of communication, but if you're not being responsive emotively or using the right words, you escalate the situation. And so this young fellow, he was escalating. He clearly had no idea how to have this conversation. And he's the sweetest, gentlest little soul. And I was like, say this. Say, say, oh, don't say that. <laughs> and you can see the virtual human just getting more and more tense and annoyed with him. But why we've created scenarios like this is de-escalation is a really, really critical skill. We have to know what trigger points the conversation to escalate and how, what do we say to bring the tone down? What do we say to calm the situation? And that's where virtual humans, I mean, you can't have a conversation like that yelling at another person in a room in a role play. So you don't ever have that opportunity. And that's where we look at virtual humans and whether it's in language where you need to practice because you can't get to a class and at 10 o'clock at night, you've got the kids to bed, your husband's sorted out, and you just want to sit and practice your English, you need somewhere that you can do this. So you want a virtual person to actually practice some of these conversations. So that's what gets us excited about what we do. It sounds like there's multiple, um, multiple uses for it. That's for sure. That's uh, that's uh, that's exciting and interesting to hear about. So Sydney, um, I understand from Tess's information, from the information that Tess has shared with us so far, that you actually learned how to go through the procurement process really fast. You know, in comparison to a lot of people. So maybe you can maybe you can share some of that with us and tell us a bit more about your story. Yes, well, I think that um, for myself, I'm really good at um, how to take all of the things that I already know and apply them to what's next. And I think in this year of the pandemic, we've looked at, you know, how to pivot, etc. So really what I realized is that 
with my fashion background, and I spent 15 years selling my fashions on TV shopping channels around the world uh, in eight different countries, which means that I had to study big, 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 thick vendor manuals because every single country had different specifications. I had to look at the logistics and, you know, how did you ship it? Um, do I have to change the labeling? What language does this have to be? How many, you know, what's the carton weight? All of them are different. So who knew that being a fashion designer selling to the TV shopping channels around the world would be similar in concept to the massive amounts of paperwork that I had to look at on um, the procurement for the procurement process. So really for me, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, just learn the system. And I mean, as uh, Lee was saying, I mean, I was super blessed to have a great support system and encouragement from someone like Tess at Osme because, you know, I remember sending an email because I was having a small heart attack that uh, one night I couldn't get my facts to go through. And I think one of her partners or team members emailed me back on a Sunday night and said, okay, do it this way. And I was, wow. I was like, holy smokes. And I managed to get the bid in. I was, it was not one that was successful for me, but as um, uh, Tess said, I mean, I just sort of like jumped onto all of the different types of um, portals that I had to go through from the SRI to setting myself up on the Indigenous um, business directory. Um, I've learned to talk to the people at the supply, um, I think they're the supplier contract history departments. I've um, gone through not only the procurement process and over on Ariba, but learning uh, that there are some things that I'm not as good at. So you just hire the tech, get the support. I popped on Zoom with my technical people. We went through all of the different fields to set them up. And then it becomes a pleasure to do it because I focus on the things I'm really good at, which is typically apparel manufacturing and other product development and having the just learning the process of how to go through it. And it's kind of like going through a wormhole. And when you go through a wormhole, sometimes there's really great surprises on the other side, which are success. Are you a Trekkie? <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> well, well, we just found out that Candace is with that question. So, <laughs> you know, Tess, uh, it was great to hear a little bit more from Sydney and Lee's side. You know, one talked about the onerous uh, pages and pages, and the other one said something about it potentially becoming pleasurable to do the process. I'm highly confused on both, but. Um, Tess, why don't you share a little bit about, you know, maybe one key thing that each one, each um, Sydney and Lee did that was like such a best practice, like an absolute best, other than the fact that they got you, which we've just determined that was probably the greatest blessing. But Tess, maybe there was one specific thing that you could, and it's like a tip that we're sharing with our listeners. Yeah, this, so this is all them. This was not... This was not me. I provide oh. a little bit of support on the process, but they really embraced that process. And um, for for Lee, I think I'm going to share what she shared tonight because I think it's brilliant that you got your team together and you actually went question by question and looked at what you think 
someone wants to hear based on that question and you got different perspectives and you looked at it and you took out what you know you maybe wanted to highlight but what and you only focus on what you thought they want to hear so I really liked that you did that as a team approach I think that was very smart um, and for Sydney I mean I keep using you as an example whether you know it or not um, your the fact that you asked so many questions and that you also took the time to really go through and step by step detail out the process for yourself what needs to happen now what's your next step what's the step after that and that you got all the clarity like I know you you originally told me you asked something like 34 of the 35 questions then I think after the process closed and things moved on you emailed me again and you said I when I asked 34 of the 35 questions, I should have really asked 72 questions because even after you found out that there was so much more you could have clarified or you would have liked to clarify. And I know next time you will ask 72 of those questions because <laughs> you'll have written it down and you will remember that process. You're 100% right about that, uh, Tess. I, I realized that um, there are so, because we are con, potentially getting these rather large contracts, then we have the ability with these questions to share knowledge, to make a better product, because I know that if I had asked more questions, I would have been able to help the procurement, um, the contracting authority actually adjust that contract to make it yet even better so that the final product would have been just um, a more perfect face mask. So I have, I, have a, I have a question about when when you actually found out that you won the bid. Um, so you go through all this, whether pleasure or, you know, insanity. <laughs> you go through this process and you actually finally get that, that email. Did you get an email? Or did you get a phone call? And, you know, what was your thought process? Did you, did you say something like most entrepreneurs do because they – they're like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to go for it. And they're going to say, yeah, can you do all this? And and you say, yeah, of course I can. And then you get a yes back and you're like, holy shit, now what? Like, So tell me a little bit about what happened at that moment. And were you ready? Were you ready to do 20,000 face masks, Sydney? I, I'm just, I'm really curious. Or did you have to, you know, continue to prep? Like what happened? Well, for me, I'm, um, I can do anything from 50 you one unit, 50 units to 50,000 units to 100,000 units. It's really no skin off my nose. So um, in terms of scaling up and having, you know, the ability to do that, that's kind of the easy part. And I weirdly, as a creative person, I love logistics, like figuring it all out. Like when I was shipping in goods, um, it was in September and October, I had weekly shipments. Can you imagine that I had to fight with Apple because they were shipping in all of their new iPhones and I had to break down all of my um, pallets because the airplanes that were coming in wanted to stack higher. It was like super fun to figure this out and then to redo it. So when I got the, um, the email from the procurement, um, from the contracting authority, I literally was doing cartwheels. It's like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Wow, that's that's amazing. I love it. I still, you know, most people's responses that I had to take down a palette and I had to redo it and reconfigure it to to line back up. 
the response usually isn't I got excited and you know I just had I got to figure it out like it sounds like you're one of those people that loves puzzles and then when you finish the puzzle you're just like yes that's it I did it I figured it out I win you, you did win you really did win this one so that was awesome Lee what what was your thought process was it like Sydney or was it something else I don't know. I always think Canadians are brave when you ask an Aussie, what did you say when you won? <laughs> you know we're raised with six relatives that are coming out pretty hard and fast. So I'll temper it and say, yes, it's really good. <laughs> Something awesome. like what we actually said. So what we got was notification. It was just a plain vanilla email. It was tagged from a government agency. Um, you know, sometimes I'm known to even delete them because I'm busy and, you know, it's just another event or they're asking me to go on a round table or something. Thank goodness I chose to click on it. And I was like, mm, wow. and that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and then from there, I, yeah, started telling everyone else. We were pretty excited. Um, it was a, a burden of work that we'd gone through to complete it. So we were pretty happy that we'd actually won it. I mean, we've submitted it on other government tenders and haven't been successful. And I can tell you that there's an equal number, but with a whole lot of different emotion around when you actually lose them. So when you win them, yeah, it, it's nice. And we've just been fortunate. We've been asked to go through to the next stage on another tender at the moment. That's a government one that's through a different department, innovation solutions, no, innovation science and economic development. Um, that's the... Innovation Solutions Canada one. Um, so, yeah, we're, we've just gone through the process of celebrating a second time and D&D's just asked us to come back and, and go through to the next stage. So it's one of those things where when we win these types of contracts, it's not just that first win. We know that we now have the opportunity to prove and this is, you know, the start of the wedge. There's opportunities that are going to flow from this for us to do ongoing work and and to find ways to, to help and be even more useful in some of the tough and challenging areas that the government's trying, you know, some of the, the problems that they're trying to solve. And that's what's exciting. So, yeah, when we win these things, we're, we're pretty hyped. And so as a team, it's not just us. We, we share all this with the team because they're just as, as much a part of all this as, as we are as the leaders, you know, it, unless they're putting in the hard yard, unless they're helping us with their their thoughts, unless they're doing all of this, you know, this isn't a, a two-person show, so we, we we share these celebrations. So, Lee, I have to tell you, I'm still thinking about this virtual human, and you're telling me about this this escalating conversation and how people need to learn to de-escalate, and I have to tell you, I can see uses for that in my office. I have to train <laughs> students how to talk to people, and and this just, I can, I can see infinite possibilities for this. Thank you. <laughs> You, you know, what I have to say is after listening to both of you, um, you know, I guess the first thing we realize it Tess is not a robot. She's not a virtual human. She's a real human. And if you need help, if you are thinking of anything to do with procurement, uh, you don't need to memorize any of the names or the department. Just call Tess and she'll take care of it for you. But what I did learn was, you know, guys, this is about successes. But Sydney and Lee both said they submitted for a bid. And each one of them didn't actually get some of the bids. Yet they learned from this and then they continued and they persevered. 
and they went on to win more. And I thought that was probably more successful than anything else that I heard the entire night, other than Candace still trying to figure out what a virtual human is. So, Lee, we'll have a side talk with you later. But um, you both inspire me because of your perseverance. And not only that, but both of you were trying to do something to help for the greater good. So Sydney, I, I really admire your perseverance and I, and I love the way that you equate the, the, your creativity to figuring out logistics and how logistics can be creative. Um, I, I think that actually is more perseverance um, than, and, uh, and the, um, the entrepreneurial spirit, I think is actually what, uh, what we see happening here. Uh, you're taking all these skills and molding them and uh, and uh, and creating successful stories for yourself from from and it, you can tell from the multiple businesses that uh, that uh, you are involved in. So it's it's great stories to hear. I'm so glad you that you joined us this evening. Well, I'm hoping that our stories will inspire um, other entrepreneurs to take the skills they have and have a go at it, um, meet up with um, fabulous people like Tess from Osme, and just, you know, maybe take a bit of courage and jump in. It can be a lot of fun. Oh, I was just going to add another thing that I was trying to find some commonality between Lee and Sydney because they both applied on very different opportunities, kind of different industries. but. I think when I think about my interactions with both of you, you have both got creative and keep coming back to me and asking about different departments and different things that the government may buy. Like Sydney, you're asking about vitamins, you're asking about professional services, you're asking about cloth or masks, gowns, whatever it may be. And Lee, you know, you keep coming with new ways to use your virtual humans, your technology, and different applications, whether it's for training nurses or language acquisition or de-escalating a situation with Department of National Defense. You both are always, you know, curious and getting creative with what government could use your products or services for. Lots so, of good stuff to do. So I want to really thank Tess for um, bringing Sydney and Lee to speak with us this evening. They are very inspirational entrepreneurs. And uh, thank you for being joining the Serenity Sisters on Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. And we hope to hear about good things you're doing in the future. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up some good tips and best practices that would benefit your entrepreneurial journey. Remember, none of the content in this podcast should be relied upon as standard legal or business advice. Always consult a professional for your specific business. You may know someone who could benefit from this podcast. Please share it with your business community and perhaps it can give an entrepreneur you know some serenity now.